Hello, and welcome to Pruri FM. Your hard-hitting news team is back to offer opinions on things they shouldn't have opinions on. I'm not sure why they make me do this opening, but apparently someone has an opinion on that too. So, yeah, today Microsoft had their future of SharePoint event that they've been talking up for the past couple of weeks. Um, definitely interesting. Uh, uh, I mean, the SharePoint 2016 bits have been out there for folks to download from MSDN for a little while right now. Um, I... Yeah, I guess, you know, 2016, it's a very interesting story. It's all about uh, making hybrid easier, or as they now call that, on-premises. Um, but uh, the the presentation and whatnot didn't really have a ton of SharePoint. Mm, it had a lot of SharePoint. Or, it turns out the future of SharePoint is not on-prem. True. Very, very true. It was just, uh, it was just very interesting to kind of see that, and yet also have kind of the uh, the comment touted multiple times about um, you know being supportive of on-premises installations of SharePoint so again you and I both know this that uh, all the capability in the world you know Microsoft they made this very clear with 2013 your data center might have the power to do it but guess what <clears throat> our data center is better than your data center so we're gonna take off all of the governors and ride this puppy into the sunset uh, whole hog. And so uh, it's pretty cool to see that they're putting all this capability in and making it super slick. But for those of us that started off with 2001, 2003, it's kind of a, it's like, wow, okay. uh, I guess we will change. Yeah. (laughs) You know, that was super interesting. It was, um, a little bit like an Azure event, right? Like typically you hear about the number of Azure data centers we have, and uh, they actually discussed in this particular event that, uh, you know, again, we have more data centers than AWS and Google combined, and we have the most secure data centers, uh, and we're building out new data centers in the UK and Germany. So, you know, this is all true. Um, And we've always heard about it in the context of Azure, right? They're not very clear about when they stand up an Azure data center, if Office 365 services are going to come next to it or things like that. Um, So it seems like all that stuff starting to align a little bit more too, which is pretty nifty. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. And I think it, I I was almost waiting for Scott Goo to come walk on stage at one point. Yeah, I don't know. He might be demoed out. I saw him uh, a couple weeks ago in Orlando, and he was doing the same demos from Build. So, uh, <laughs> you, you know, once you've beat him into the ground a couple times, it's uh, easier just to take a break and go on to the next thing. That's true. So, speaking of the next thing, uh, I wonder what uh, is after Azure and SharePoint. Uh, I don't know what is after Azure and SharePoint. Yeah, I don't, I don't have a good answer. We'll, we'll go back to SharePoint. Um, so, you know. <laughs> well, I, I mean, it has something to do with OpenStack and containers, but that's a whole other episode. Yeah, we should, we should, uh, we should dive into containers sometime. I 
think uh, I think people wouldn't be able to contain themselves. No pun intended. Yeah, only the BOS ones. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's an interesting presentation today. Um, I tuned in for a small portion of it. Um, it was funny to me in that uh, I think it was ZDNet and Wall Street Journal posted articles about it uh, at like midnight or 6 a.m. Um, that told the story of a lot of the things that they're going to be showing. So I thought that was an interesting way to do a teaser. I know usually with like the Apple events, they will be super hush. You'll read everything on nine to five Mac or some other, uh, you know, rumor site. And you'll, <clears throat> you'll think, okay, they're going to talk about these four things. Um, and then they come out of nowhere and show you the iPad and you're like, what, what is this mess? So in this case, I, I feel like a lot of what they showed on the wall street journal article, uh, had a good chunk of what ended up uh, being during the presentation. But I will say the presentation was pretty slick the way they had a, uh, OS X box, you know, a Mac, I guess that was a MacBook pro, um, and a, uh, little, I guess they're using what a six plus success plus, uh, for demonstrations. Yeah. They had a little bit of everything up there. You know, it was kind of interesting. Um, you, you know, to your point, it looked like the embargo was supposed to be for nine thirty Pacific and everybody just completely blew it. <laughs> so you had like the walls, it wasn't just, it, it, so it was, uh, Petri, the wall street journal, well, isn't, isn't, uh, Petri, isn't Petri unity or it unity now? No, 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 no. Petri is still Petri. Um, and then uh, who else? Oh, you had articles on like Business Insider and uh, CIO.com. There was all this stuff. Like they, they obviously did a great job going out and drumming up some marketing. And then they kind of just blew their wad up front. You know, there's probably somebody in the marketing department who's taking just a bunch of crap for uh, you know, missing the boat on that one, or maybe not clearly defining it because there's no way that every single site released it at the same time. And then they came back later and said, Oh no, the time was actually supposed to be, uh, you know, X, Y, or Z. So <laughs> it, it's, it's kind of, kind of interesting. And, and, you know, the funny thing was all those articles, you know, obviously they were the pressers, right? They all had the same screenshots. They all had the same things in them. Um, uh, so, you know, it ruined a little bit of that Christmas surprise, you know, if you were paying attention and seeing what was going on. Yeah. Uh, I guess, you know, for me, I just kind of giggled and was like, well, this will be fun. I'm curious, uh, if they're going to do a Steve jobs, one more thing and catch everybody off guard. But, uh, <laughs> did, did you see that Jeff tried to do that? <laughs> he said, and Oh, by the way, one more thing there, there was that moment in there and it was highly awkward. There was also one of those moments where he got to the end of a sentence and he said, okay, it's all right. You can all clap now. And no one was going to clap, <laughs> but you know, they did once he said that. I, uh, I wasn't, like I said, I, I was doing other stuff, had it up on a screen, would glance over every so often. And, uh, yeah, I, I was definitely not tuned in as much as I should have been. Um, I, I did chuckle, uh, when I went and looked at my, uh, phone and went to the app store and it was like 12.05, or no, it was uh, 11.55, and I went, oh, I wonder if there's anything new. Hit updates, and five or six things popped up, and then 
Uh, it was still, you know, pulling down bits and updating apps. And then all of a sudden at 12 o'clock on the dot, the uh, OneDrive app popped in. It had uh, a little, you know, a little teaser in there about uh, new capabilities that were being added to it. And I was like, huh, I wonder if they meant to do that or if they meant to wait till 1230. <laughs> no, no, they meant to do that when they actually talked about it in the keynote. So that one was timed really well. Normally you can't time your app releases that way, at least on iOS. And they nailed it down. They said, and by the way, you can go get it pretty much right now. So it was during one of Adam's demos and, uh, you know, it worked out just fine. Actually, I was sitting there watching the thing, uh, with some of the folks on my team and, uh, you know, we were going through, I was like, uh, that looks really cool. Can I go grab that right now? Like he said, right now, is it really right now? Uh, so just hopped over to the app store and yeah, it was right there. So we actually paused the, uh, broadcast and downloaded the app and took a look at it and went through it and then picked right back up where we left off. Yeah, no, that's, that's epic. I, I pulled it down and was just playing around with it. And I was like, well, this is nice improvements. Good to see that uh, they're continuing to, you know, put in the functionality that they said they would over time. So props to them for nailing that time frame right there. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how they do some of that stuff. You know, they talked about the capability to talk back to on-prem systems and usually there's some requirements there, right? Like either your on-prem system has to have connectivity to the outside world or uh, you have to have some kind of proxy sitting in there. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I'd, I'd really love to see what they come up with there. It'd be really cool if they could do like a service bus-ish kind of thing, like Azure AD app proxy. Like zero firewall, go ahead and install this agent and boom, all your mobile apps can talk to your intranet um, and just make all that stuff happen. Or maybe that's another one of those hybrid features, another way to get folks over to that side of the fence, right? And, and make those things happen. Yeah, no, I think uh, the hybrid, you know, if you're using hybrid, I could definitely see a way that they would uh, route things through like a Azure, uh, web application proxy to make that happen. But if you're running just, you know, 2013 on-premises, um, or even 2016 on-premises and you're not using hybrid mode, I don't know how you're going to expose that. You're going to have to have some sort of endpoint that folks can connect to. Um, yeah, it, it'll be interesting. I mean, you look at the release notes and it says, hey, this is coming for 2013 and 2016 for your on-prem farms. No caveats and, you know, no further information. I mean, they had all sorts of deep dive videos and, and other things. And there's actually um, a great link we're going to have in the show notes uh, that points to a YouTube playlist from the uh, MS Mechanics uh, where they put together just all the videos from today. So, you know, they they were pretty forward, you know, during the thing that, uh, hey, we can't spend time on all the demos and go as deep as we'd like to on all this stuff. So we're going to push it out. So, I mean, they pushed out videos for uh, SharePoint sites and Power Apps, uh, the new SharePoint mobile app, which is, the, the you know, that thing that we're talking about uh, in a little bit, uh, you know, we're still on OneDrive. They had one for OneDrive and SharePoint, uh, security and privacy, SharePoint 2016, like the on-prem side. Uh, they had like a whole foundation of the future just around SharePoint server 2016. Uh, and then they also have like a 15 minute video on the SharePoint framework, uh, that whole nifty new hot off the presses development framework for SharePoint. Yeah, no, that that was pretty hot. The uh, you mentioned, you know, kind of the other thing about OneDrive. Um, 
I don't, do you use first release at all? <laughs> Up until about a week ago, uh, my entire organization was on first release. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So that, I, I've I've dialed that back a little bit now. Now I've got just a couple folks on it. Yeah, it took a while to that, get there. It took first, me about six months to convince my boss, but I got it. That first that first release piece just kind of kills me because uh, I use it on uh, the SP Delta um, tenant and you know, I try out all the new gadgets and everything in there. And there's, <clears throat> I guess about a week ago. Uh, so th- this is a couple months ago, they changed the OneDrive for business UI to look more like OneDrive. And I remember looking at it and being like, Oh, why did you do this? I, I missed my SharePointiness. And then I guess a week or two ago, first release dropped in, uh, that in just SharePoint document libraries. And I was like, Whoa, where's that little button to take me back to classic mode? Um, and my one pet peeve with the new interface is you cannot get a direct link to a file to share it with someone, you know, already has access. <laughs> so you can go to the, the little ellipsis and it, click on it and quote unquote, get a link. But that link comes with a sharing, uh, token as a part of the URL, um, which I don't necessarily want to do because that's going to break inheritance perhaps. So yeah. 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 You just kind of send it out and let it go and let it do its thing. It, it, it's like the Disney song. You just let it go. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it is what it is. You know, um, I know within my organization, we're spending a bunch of time uh, onboarding folks to Office 365. And we actually focus uh, probably a little uh, fortuitous that we do uh, on training users in OneDrive for Business. Um, and particularly like how to navigate around OneDrive for business and interact with the sharing dialogues. And uh, because we were in first release, we have that opportunity to kind of go through the new features and, and, you know, actually get people up to speed on that. So, uh, you know, since we've been doing that, we're actually in a pretty good place to say, um, well, when all the other stuff changes, you already know how to do it. Uh, you know, the dialogues are the same. The look and feel is going to be the same. Uh, I can't say that uh, everybody's happy that all the work that we've invested in custom UI and things or um, heck even like uh, like a global navigation thing, uh, you know, it's, it's going to go the way of the dodo and it is what it is. Uh, you know, I'm totally good with it, uh, but uh, everybody will know all those sharing dialogues. The functionality is going to be the same. They're all going to understand how to navigate around and get to their metadata and their content types and all those kinds of things. Uh, because we've spent that time in groups and one drive for business and everything teaching them already. Lists is going to be a little weird. That's going to be a tough one. Uh, yeah, I don't even want to, man. Well, I wish they had spent some time today showing like not just, a list in a list format, but showing lists in other formats. So, you know, I'm thinking like a calendar, right? Like calendars have calendar views and they have list views. Uh, yeah, you know, I didn't see any calendars or things like that in any of the sites today. It was a little, <laughs> little disheartening. So I guess, you know, some of us will just have to wait until that stuff pops out on first release and see what happens. Yeah. Did you, uh, did you poke around with flow at all? Uh, yeah, so I actually, uh, I was down in Orlando a couple weeks ago, like I said, and I've been waiting forever for, uh, a power apps invite and some folks down there said, well, 
don't even bother like begging for your invite anymore because you know it's going to come out in a week or so and i said uh, that's great uh, i'll just wait a week i can wait another week i've been waiting you know like eight at this point um so as soon as it came out uh you know one of the guys on my team uh got the email for it i went ahead and activated it for the whole tenant and spun it up and uh, you know, it's one of those planner kind of things where you get a bunch of licenses. So I think uh, for Power Apps, we got 10,000 licenses, uh, you know, and well, you know, what what we get for planner? 300,000? Yeah. Something, something crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So you get you, you get a couple less for Power Apps. Uh, you know, they only give you 10,000 hmm. licenses. What am I going to do? Um, but yeah, I went around and poked around in Power Apps and played around with the flow stuff. Uh you know, it's, it's interesting. It's definitely preview where like it is not, uh, not ready for prime time. Uh, yeah. even for like the end user, like the power user thing, you know, getting like a power app connected to a data source, uh, can be absolutely killer if you're, you know, coming in the wrong way. Like there's certain ways that it works great. Like the way they did it in the demo today where they came in from SharePoint, that way works awesome. Like don't actually ever come in through power apps, like on the back end, just through the connected data sources. Cause that stuff doesn't work at all. Um, and the design surface is interesting and the flows are, uh, neat. Uh, they're, they're a little, mm, I guess, consumerish for me. Uh, they're not so business oriented, right? I, I would like to see like, so it's like connecting, <laughs> sort of you know i'd like to see like sharepoint connecting to sharepoint or you know they do have some some really nifty stuff in there like uh one of the things they demoed today was a dynamics to uh sharepoint flow uh which was awesome right like hey we get a new lead in dynamics let's go ahead and kick this off over here uh you know i'd like to see things like i get a new item in a SharePoint list in uh, SharePoint online, let's go ahead and kick off a flow that creates my document over here kind of thing. Um, or even let me connect to other systems, right? So there's an API. Uh, you know, I haven't had a chance to play around with it too much, but theoretically we should be able to create webhooks or a bunch of other things and just, uh, you know, kind of push stuff around uh, with our own custom connectors inside of flows. Um, and that'll be really powerful and really nifty. Um, you know, I, I read a really good take on it uh, from somebody who's a Zapier customer. Um, and it, you know, Zapier has hundreds, if not thousands of connections. Uh, and Flow has 30, uh, you know, 30 some odd connection points today. So that th- they've got a ways to go. So my laugh with Flow, um, when I first looked at it, uh, so someone posted a link up about flow last night, I think. Um, I don't know when flow actually came out. I've not been on Twitter that much. It's been pretty much baked into like power apps. So power apps came out at the beginning of the week and then they massively announced flow. You know, they said, Oh, Hey, it's here like two days later, Okay, but flows were built into power apps. Okay. So I, I really hadn't seen the website for it. And when I went to it last night, I was like, huh, that looks like IFTTT almost. Huh. It sort of does, um, except it's business oriented, right? Well, it's not so much. It's not so much consumer stuff, yeah. but it's mis- It's got more consumer than business now, but it still seems like it's going to be business oriented, particularly because they're pitching it with SharePoint and Outlook and a bunch of other 
um, you know, for business kind of skew things. So I almost look at it and I say like, well, is their competitor really going to be uh, if this and that, which is a free service and just kind of out there and very consumer oriented? Uh, or are they going to be a little bit more like a Zapier, which is full on like business oriented integration? So I want to connect Salesforce to CRM to SharePoint to, um, you know, my uh, whatever my social media account and Hootsuite and just integrate the, you know, the crap out of all that stuff. And, uh, you know, flow isn't there today. There's, like I said, there's only like 30 or 32 integrations or something. It's not a, not, not a whole ton. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's funny. They've actually got, uh, integrations with Slack, but they don't have integrations with Skype. Well, you know, um, but yeah, no, that's cool. I mean, there's there's definitely some cool templates they've got out there. So if you have a minute, check out flow.microsoft.com. Um, the humor in all this still to me, though, is now we have SharePoint 2010 workflows, which have issues um, around, you know, <clears throat> complexity that you can put with them. Uh, we have SharePoint 2013 workflow manager workflows, which are completely different beast. And oh, by the way, um, if you're using them with Office 365, they're running out of Azure and PS, uh, there are resource limits that you run into on that because it's a shared service. Um, learn that from Prashant Boyer. That was kind of interesting. Um, and then we have flow, which is kind of that, uh, that, additional iteration of workflow that again is a different audience they're going after. I get that it's, you know, much less, uh, SharePoint designer and or visual studio, um, way of doing things. And it's, you know, like you said, it's businessy. It's not, uh, building a solution specific to a very certain requirement, but it's, uh, it's interesting to see that, uh, you know, we've got multiple different tools in the toolkit now to use when we are using that, uh, that online, um, system. Oh, you forgot about one. What's that? Uh, what about Logic Apps? Ah, yes. Azure, well, right? yeah, so yeah. Logic mm-hmm. Apps have effectively, uh, you know, that I mean, that's BizTalk Services, right? Like BizTalk Services Lite and kind of doing those integrations and talking and things like that. But uh, those have a lot of the same actions, right? I can take a Logic App and I can hook up a Logic App to a SharePoint list and what's what's one that I've done in the past? Oh, uh, you can replicate functionality in SharePoint Online for incoming email, right? Because there's no such thing as incoming email in SharePoint Online. Like you can't email into a document library. Uh, yeah, you can fake that out and make it happen with a, with a Logic app. Uh, and it looks like you might be able to fake that out and make it happen with something like a flow as well. Um, so who knows? Who knows indeed. But yeah, I, I think it's... Uh... It's a good place to be going. It's just interesting to see this uh, continue to go down this path. Yeah. So let's see. What else are we missing? Uh, We talked about SharePoint 2016. Uh, That actually RTM'd, by the way, right? So that's nice. And it's available and people can install it now. Yay. Uh, Office online server uh, also now available. That's great. 
Mm, yeah, we talked about that. We talked about the future. Mm, we talked about file sharing and collaboration. Sure. Uh, you want to talk about this uh, mobile internet thing really quick? So we talked about like the OneDrive app and what that can access, right? So that can access uh, OneDrive for business. Today, it can access SharePoint sites in SharePoint Online. And in the future, that is also going to surface files from SharePoint on-prem, both SharePoint 2013 and SharePoint 2016, and Office 365 groups. Interesting that they're not going to surface files for groups in the Groups app, um, but hey, uh, whatever. Uh, let's just you know get it all in one and make that happen. So that's all just files, right? That actually doesn't help you interact with... Uh, you know, other lists and other kinds of libraries or pages or content on pages or uh, people or anything else like that. So you want to talk about the internet thing? Uh, you know, I, I wasn't paying a huge amount of attention during that section, but I, <clears throat> I did find oh, it sweet. I know, well, I, I, you know, I, I was paying attention. I give my hot take. Well, I, I thought it was interesting that uh, they kind of talked about, you know, files finding you. And I thought that was kind of interesting, just the, the whole notion of um, all the integration, all the work they've done behind the scenes to, you know, make Delve uh, really what their future is instead of just regular search. Um, but yeah, just the fact that more and more of this is they're trying to make it easier for you to get to your stuff instead of uh, what I will call the old empire of, you know, the office team or SharePoint where, uh, every file had its home and it was your job to go subscribe to that file to pick up any you know, changes or anything. Now it's more, Oh, we see Dan works with Scott and we see that Scott worked on this document. So maybe Dan's probably going to be interested about this document because, you know, based off of how they interact, uh, we're going to, we're going to push that file up to him from an activity perspective. Yeah, no, it's really nifty. So the way they, um, you know, worded it was great. So it was your files should find you. You shouldn't have to find your files, right? And that is very delvish and kind of pushing things out rather than having to go and look for them. They're stalking um, and the, you. And well, they're doing the same thing with the sites experience too, right? So they've kind of had that sites tile, and sites is going to now be called SharePoint. And you're going to have a new homepage for SharePoint, which is effectively still the sites page, but it's been reskinned to look very delvish. So, you know, you've got content cards and stars and it's showing you recommended sites and discovery and recent sites and, uh, you, you know, all that good stuff. Um, the cool thing is they're going to push that back into the mobile app. Uh, you're going to have access to all of that. Uh, the other really nifty thing, uh, if you read through kind of where they're going and, and the roadmap and things like that, uh, you, you know, you mentioned, hey, when I'm working with Scott on this or that, uh, well, you know, so I do stuff with you in the SP Delta site and I have another org account, which I do for work. And then I have temp org accounts that I'm doing for uh, demos and other tenants and things like that. Or maybe I'm signed into some, maybe I have, you know, just an MSA that signs into somebody else's tenant or something else. Uh, so they've gone ahead and thought about those scenarios and they're actually going to have multi-account access and in that app, and you'll be able to switch back and forth and take a look and see what's going on, uh, which is really cool. So that mobile application will surface uh, the same sites that are in your sites tab. 
Uh, they'll also, so that home experience are really what they're effectively turning the sites and now the new SharePoint tile into. Uh, you'll also be able to access people, which is going to be great, right? It's almost like bringing like a Delve, like me card or that person card uh, inside a mobile application. Uh, and you'll also be able to kind of dig through your sites and lists and libraries and go ahead and browse through them and uh, particularly the ones that looks like that consume the new publishing experience, uh, which is just going to be super great, right? You think about all those organizations that have said, well, we need to have mobile access to our data. Uh, well, now if you can make your data look the way that Microsoft wants it to look from that default out-of-the-box experience, here you go. It's just going to be in the app for you. So where's your bang for your buck in ROI? You know, If you say, we need mobile access and that's what trumps all else, no problem, right? Put it in the SharePoint default experience and you're off and running. And oh, by the way, we can create you a site collection in less than five seconds now, which is great. Yep. Just uh, copy the site and build it from there. Um, I think uh, the one thing that I'm super excited about, Scott, <clears throat> the Q&A at the bottom of the page, will every Office 365 group get a full SharePoint team site? Yes. Yep. Well, you know, they said that in the past. We've we've known that for a while, that every team site's getting a group and every group is getting a team site. Granted, there was absolutely zero guidance around, uh, you know, the way that's going to be rolled out and what that means because, um, I don't know if you knew this, but every group has an email address and every team site does not have an email address. So... Uh, potentially, you know, if you've got a tenant with a hundred thousand team sites and zero groups, you're about to get a lot busier on the distribution list side. Yeah. So there's, there's a little bit of information with that though. Um, if you go to a site and create like a site mailbox in office 365, you end up with, uh, you end up with like an email address that is SMO dash the name of that site. Um, which actually becomes confusing because you could have multiple site mailboxes in a site collection. Mm. No, that's not confusing at all. Never happened to anybody. Um, but if you, if you think about the, the way that a group works, um, like you said, it creates that distribution list on creation, but that distribution list name is a little funky. So mm, it's only a little funky if you have naming policies and some other things in place, but, uh, and, and you can't always have a naming policy in place because you probably already have existing distribution lists that you do not want to be renamed just in the cloud. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can go into that stuff later. We'll, we'll pick that one up another time. It yeah. So it's, kinda it's, it's definitely, like going. you said, it's, it's going to be one of those things that we just have to, uh, you know, we're going through hell. We just got to keep on going. Thank you, Churchill. So, um, I, you know, is there anything else we want to talk about on that? There's two, one little thing I wanted to jump into and then some recap about events that have happened recently really quick. Mm, let's see. Uh, we should probably take a little bit of time and talk about the framework thing, uh, especially since neither, well, you're a developer. I'm not. Um, but y- you know what? I can still offer some you know, insight on this stuff. Todd Clint taught me everything I know about development. Yeah. Now I've seen you open visual studio. Don't lie. Shh. To me. 
Uh, so yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy, um, where things are going. Uh, for those of us that have told ourselves, I'm going to go pick up, uh, C sharp, or I'm going to go pick up VB.net. Um, <laughs> well, you got it wrong. I know. Suckers. Well, I mean, if you still want to go be a, a true software developer, in some regards, I would still argue that you need to go learn object-oriented programming through one of those, you know, languages. Um, however, uh, you know, they've definitely changed the experience of the page, uh, how it loads. I know back in my SharePoint 2003 days, I loved it. We had these little pre-render tags in our pages. Um, God bless us, every one of us. Uh, but now uh, it's crazy that the SharePoint framework isn't going to be dependent on .NET. Mm, JavaScript. Or we, we, we could call it that other thing. Uh, Spence Harbar calls it, but... Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. true. But this is, a family, to... this is a family-oriented podcast. So. Yeah, I, I'd have to bleep things out. Uh, you know, so, so it's interesting. There's a couple people who have done some write-ups on it already, right? Obviously, embargoes and lifted are, are all that, and they're out the door. So, uh, uh, you know, for a... Uh, diametrically opposed view of the world. Uh, folks who follow Andrew Connell, um, they talked about it on their um, Microsoft Cloud show. Uh, you know him and CJ on their latest episode, and uh, he actually wrote a blog post about it too. And he makes a pretty good point in that this is kind of the the fourth iteration of SharePoint development, right? So we had the server side object model and. Uh, then we came across and we said, well, go ahead and do uh, CSOM or something like that. And then maybe you do this like mixed together kind of thing. Uh, and then we had the whole, mm, uh, you know, poop show that went from, uh, you know, uh, whatever we went to, to add-ins. See, I've, I forgot all about it now because I've just been, I've had add-ins ground into my head. Um, and now we have this new framework, right? The SharePoint framework, uh, which, you know, some folks have pointed out is fundamentally different. Uh, so you had like Mark Anderson, uh, and he came out and talked about how, uh, this is really, uh, not just a client side rendering experience. So obviously there's an investment on the part of the SharePoint team in putting this development experience together. Uh, but one of the big key differences is they've gone out and said that they are going to build uh, their own experiences on top of this. So I, I don't know if you've ever tried to do something in SharePoint in the past with <clears throat> like an identity provider and said, oh my gosh, there's some magic secret sauce that we just do not have access to that Microsoft has already built out. Uh, you know, things like that, they're, they're going to stop because it's all going to be built out in this new framework, at least from the client side. And everything that Microsoft is building on the client side is going to be built in this new framework. So if they can do it in the framework, uh, you're going to be able to do it yourself as a developer, which is really kind of the Azure model, right? So we have a common API surface that sits across the top. And if we can write it, you can write it. And if we can't write it, you can't write it and let us know. Or if we want to write it, we're going to add it in there and you're all going to have access to it. Truth. 
Um, yeah, I think for me, I'm just, uh, I'm blown away that they would, after all this time of, uh, well, I, I guess, you know, they have been transitioning from that hardcore.net code to more of the JavaScript HTML5 mindset, but it's still just, it's crazy to see SharePoint transforming in this fashion. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a couple of teams, uh, have you seen the Delve engineering team on Medium? No. All right. So the guys who and, and gals who write Delve, uh, they've gone ahead and uh, they actually blog on Medium about how they rebuilt the Delve experience to be kind of a mobile-first, cloud-first, responsive thing. Uh, and what they went and did is they talk about how they built everything out with TypeScript, Webpack, React, how they do all the CSS, um, and how they're pushing that out. And they plan to like keep that moving forward. So if you think about something like Delve, which is primarily these days built like the client side of it again, um, is built on JavaScript and client side rendered technologies. Uh, that's like a really cool place for folks to go and get some insight into the way teams are actually building out some of these mm, portal experiences, right? So when we talk about things like video or Delve or, uh, you know, whatever the next thing is when Infopedia or whatever drops, uh, you know, all that stuff's going to be out there as well, which is going to be pretty sweet. And it's all out there today. People can go take a look. But uh, the Delve team has not been very, like, I I guess, out there forthcoming in that that they've got this information out there and ready to go for folks. So uh, we'll go ahead and throw that, a link to that, and then notes as well. Uh, Remove link. Yeah, there we go. It's there. Like that. uh, Magic. It is magic. It's like the gathering. Um, So a lot of new stuff. Uh, I'm curious you know, when we're going to start seeing just loads of documentation about this stuff popping up? Uh, well, you're, you're starting to see some of it already, right? So they had one primary blog post today and then one, two, three, four, five. Twelve more blog posts after that? Uh, it, well, they had about five more after that. And then they have all the deep dive videos they did on YouTube. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of those. Um so they've got quite a bit out there already, right? They're, they're trying to push it. Um, and the other thing to keep in mind is that it's not all coming today and it's not all coming tomorrow. Um, a lot of this stuff is targeted to come out uh, by the end of Q2, so really by the end of June. So we're a couple months away from that now. Uh, and everything else they announced was all for the rest of the calendar year. Um, and that was kind of the date that was given. It'll be... Um, like in the second half of calendar year 2016. And other than that, they kind of left it alone. Uh, so they left themselves pretty open to timelines. And when some of this stuff comes out. More power to them. Yeah, well, yeah. you asked. No, I know. I know. Um, but uh, the other thing about documentation that I came across a couple days ago that I kind of chuckled at was docs.microsoft.com. <laughs> What are they doing over there now? So it's supposed to be their new replacement for uh, TechNet and MSDN. Docs.microsoft.com? Oh, you don't mean docs.com? No, docs.microsoft.com. So uh, right now it 
shows off the enterprise mobility products, which is kind of funny. Um, but, uh, yeah, they say why docs.microsoft.com and in short content matter matters. We interviewed and surveyed hundreds of developers and it pros and sifted through the website feedback over the years on user voice. It was clear we needed to make a change and create a modern web experience for content. The first thing we did was to evaluate our existing content infrastructure, TechNet, and MSDN. Both sites are built on 10 to 15 year old brittle code based and archaic publishing and deployment system that was never designed to run on the cloud. Where, um, where, where are you reading about this? Uh, if you go to the upper right hand corner, there's an about docs.com. Yeah, uh, but link. but the so you're talking about all sorts of like documentation, right? Like, hey, uh, you know, just regular TechNet stuff. And yeah. then the homepage. I know, it goes to <laughs> Micro- it automatically redirects you to the enterprise mobility suite. Yeah. It's kind of funny. <laughs> Microsoft um, they- enterprise mobility documentation. <laughs> so yeah. you tell so- me, what's the priority? <laughs> So it's not a, right now, I mean, they even say, no, the, this preview release website only includes content for enterprise mobility. Um, in the future, as our platform matures, with the help of your feedback, we will migrate more of the documentation onto this experience. Um, I personally like MSDN and TechNet just the way they are. Um, so I'm kind of sad to see them potentially moving to this. Yeah, no, this is, oh man, this is nuts. Doc stuff soft.com yeah i got it at it but mm, yeah i'm not sure i wanted to <laughs> whatever i don't i don't even know why you showed this to me this is gonna piss me off thanks so uh how was your azure boot camp oh that was awesome uh we had a great time how was yours uh you know it was really cool when i was trying to find speakers and trying to get things aligned and uh basically came down to um I work a cool job that takes up a lot of my time. Uh, I try to protect time for my wife and family and it just, it didn't happen. So Mm. you should have come down here. I should have. Um, I actually, that weekend, um, it was probably the most relaxing weekend I've had in a while, just because I was able to basically tune out and completely not touch, excuse me, not touch uh, technology that much. Yeah, I, I totally get you. Uh, you know, ours went pretty well. We had two tracks. We did a IT pro and a dev track. Uh, we kind of used it as our kickoff to put together an Azure, mm, I would say an Azure-focused, uh, really a cloud-focused, but let's be honest, probably Azure-focused uh, user group down here in Jax and start kind of running that through and getting it going. So I think we had about... Mm, a little bit north of 40 folks show up, which was really awesome. Uh, We were not expecting to actually have that many people show up, uh, which was really great to see kind of some enthusiasm about latest and greatest stuff that's going on. So uh, we tended to run through a lot of just the -the out-of-the-box decks that the uh, Azure Global Bootcamp team gives you. So uh, I think on the dev track, they went a little bit off. Um, on the IaaS side, uh, you know, we covered the what's new and latest and greatest. Uh, we were pretty fortunate. We had uh, Ben Stegink down here, and uh, I think he's been on um, AC and CJ's podcast talking about Azure storage and things like that. Uh, so he did a really nice uh, hour, hour and 15-minute session on Azure storage and getting folks on that side, um, especially from like the IT pro side, which is something that's 
sorely missing, right? When we talk to IT pros about IOPS and performance and, uh, you know, all that other stuff. So uh, ended up being a great day. We gave away a bunch of fun prizes and did a bunch of things. We had some really cool sponsors and it worked out really well. Uh, I would do it again next year. Cool. No, that's great, man. I think uh, talking to the dev evangelists up here, the DX folks, um, finally think I've got the plant, uh, this plant seed planted. Um, so I am looking forward to next year actually having the event come to fruition instead of uh, just hoping and praying that folks will volunteer at the last minute or a month and a half out. Um, so <laughs> yeah, yeah it, can, uh, it can be tough. You know, I talked to some of the MS sales folks here and they're like, what's that? Yeah, um, it's an event that you guys technically put on. Like it's a community event, but you put together all the content for it. <laughs> so you should probably know. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're slowly coming around now that we're what four years into the global boot camps, three, four years. It's been a couple of them at least. I think this is, I think this is year two. No, no. This is at least the third one I've done, I think. Maybe. Or, well, you, you no, know, I so, could just be losing, losing it. No. So last year was the first one that Microsoft officially recognized, recognized and like super publicized. Uh, two years ago, it was something the community was doing. And the product group back in Redmond was recognizing, but if you talk to anybody else, like you said, you talk to any of the sales folks or you talk to any of the other folks and they would just kind of look at you and say, what, what's that? Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that, man. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I hope, uh, I really do hope that it catches on a little bit more next year. Surprisingly, uh, there are now three Azure user groups in the DC metro area. So, Woohoo! Yeah, crazy sauce. But um, I think uh, the only other thing that popped up, I know you did Dev Intersections. We had SharePoint Fest DC this past week. Uh, conferences are still very alive. Um, good times. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. They're all coming along slowly but surely. We'll have to see what we can make happen in the future here. Yep. Speaking of the future, if you've made it this far, um, I think we are going to reclassify this episode as a keg event. Um, we are going <laughs> yeah, to start sw- nice switching job. things up. We, yeah, I know. We, I said originally I think I was like, oh, we'll do a pint event and we'll keep it to 15 minutes. And then, you know, half an hour ago, I was like, well, I guess this will be a growler event. And now I'm you know, we're, we're committed. We're a keg. So, uh, in the future, um, hopefully we'll be able to scale things down to three different sizes, either pint size where we cover about 15 minutes worth of content, uh, growler sized, which we cover about 30 minutes and then keg size where we just kind of, we go. Um, so our apologies for going into a keg, uh, for the show notes, just hop over to brewery.fm. Um, I guess in this case, it's what pub.brewery.fm forward slash, uh, it's been so long since we've done this brewery 39, uh, zero three nine, zero three nine. There you go. So yeah, good times, yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to have to remember how to do all this crap. <laughs> I <laughs> think I'm going to make you do it. Okay. Not a problem. I got uh boatloads of time, you know? <laughs> yep. Me too. Yep. 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 Okay. Uh, well I think we will call it a wrap unless you got to walk on. Nope. I'm all good.
All right. Take care, man. All right. Have a good one. 